sounds appear to be in a constant state of mutation, aggravated by intense sexual frustration. Can I help you? Well, let's see. I'll have a Frank. With it, Dolly, I'm not sure. What would be good? And uh, what can I do for you, doll? <laughs> to get a hot dog in this dump. Say what? You heard me, Buster. And I'm not paying extra for dialogue, so cut the chin music. Welcome to another episode of Flickers from the Cave. I am Julie. I am Marty. And I am Mike. And this episode we are celebrating Pride Month. Yeah. And we are watching, or we've watched two movies with Charles Bush. Yeah. This dude's like an icon. He really, for good reason. I I knew of him. I had actually seen both of these movies before, but, uh, um, and liked them. But I, I, it was like when we were talking about doing something for Pride Month, I was, I was like, well, those were really fun, and I, I don't think they're controversial in any way, you know, because one of the movies I suggested doing was Short Bus um, by John Cameron Mitchell, which would be controversial. I mean, it is, it is something. It's a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, we were talking about doing that, and I was like, it's, it's really heavy and like, but, but beautiful. Um, so we were thinking, 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 and this, these came up and I just said, well, these are fun. And they have a guy who dresses in drag. So that's, you know, sort of gay or whatever. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> it was my, where exactly where it was my mindset. And then I started looking into the, the man, John, uh, Charles Bush and wow, I didn't know his sort of place in, um, sort of entertainment history because I mean, he was culture. like a playwright and um, an, an actor and just has had this incredible career and been nominated for Tonys and stuff like that. And I mean, it, uh, I just had no idea. So um, it's wonderful that we are sort of being able to spread the word about this um, real, really a gay icon um, as part of our celebration here uh, of Pride Month. For sure. Yeah, and he is truly fantastic. How he was writing, it was very, like, East Village, New York Mm -hmm. meets old Hollywood, 60s vibes, Mm -hmm. like, to the extreme. Oh, this man has clearly uh, saturated himself in in that old Hollywood kind of, like, uh, Joan Crawford and, Uh like, the kind of classic female icons, because his performance is... You know, it, that's all over the place. Well, the writing Catherine too. Hepburn. Yes, the writing is mm-hmm. next level as as far as capturing that sort of tone, but then like kind of turning it on its ear. Um, it's it's so cool because like people overshare and then they pull back. Yes. It's like it's I just think it, incredible. It's because the, the two movies that we're going to talk about are totally very different. 
but because the, and we talked a bit before we started about the fact that they're they're both sort of parodying two very vastly different genres or different mm-hmm. things right uh-huh. and he really does his writing in both instances because we've all i'm assuming have seen examples of the stuff that he's he's oh yeah riffing on oh, because yeah. like the as far as psycho beach party i've watched a ton of the old like beach frankie Blink and annette Bigo, movies yeah. frankie and annette uh-huh. and all you know, those are all arkoff things those were aip yeah. movies think about how many of those they did on mystery science theater too um you know like uh the catalina caper and the variety of others where it's that same rinse and repeat sort of plan. But I watched these like in earnest. I watched these not oh, yeah, just yeah, on yeah. MST3K. I mean, it was like these were gen- these because they were genuinely funny to me, especially when I was younger, like smaller. Well, and there were girls in bikinis, which was girls interesting in bikinis, for some reason. There was, I can't figure it out. It was always like somebody like Don Rickles or somebody would show up. Yes. <laughs> and so to me, that was the cool part. Yeah, or Sid Caesar like, or something. Yeah. Yes, somebody. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think Catalina Caper's great. Uh, both the full-on version of it and the Mystery Science Theater version of it. It's just like a little caper movie with like everybody in a swimsuit or a Birdwell Beach Bridges sort of uh, get up, and it's just great. You got Dr. Goldfoot in the bikini machine. Oh, man, come on. Um, well, I mean, I mean, it's clearly a genre that's been parodied many times. So um, why don't not, we, uh, maybe not as good as this, not as well as this does it. This is almost it is such an authentic recreation of it that it's it almost transcends parody. It almost becomes like um, just a modernized version of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, but so uh, and, you know, saying all that, why don't we just go ahead and get started and Jump we'll kick right it off with. <laughs> exactly. We'll kick it off with 2000s Psycho Beach Party. Knock we're kids. You know those characters? I've had the displeasure. <laughs> Wedge Riley's out of the big house and the coroner's hurting for slabs. I wonder if the two could be related. Looks like they're going to start something. They started a long time ago. Wedge Riley. So what brings you to our nocturnal celebration? Just a friendly visit. No need for confrontation. Wedge, old man, I appreciate the whip, but from trash like you, I take no shit. Cool, daddy cool. Over this domain, you rule. But let me give you some good advice. To honor King Neptune, you need a virgin sacrifice. Virgin sacrifice? What the hell's that? An ancient ritual started in Del Mar in 52. Forget it, Wedge. Well, what happens to the virgin sacrifice? I mean, what do you do to her? You shouldn't even be here. There you go, treating me like a pipsqueak again. We were going to do the ritual, but it turns out we don't got no virgins. Well, I'll do it. I mean, I'm your man. I mean, your virgin. Ooh, yeah. Fresh as a salad out of the fridge. You'll do nicely. I won't let you. Please, Chicklet, don't. It's an existential fate worse than death. Don't let your pals spoil a night you'll never forget. So, Psycho Beach Party, um, like our other film, has Charles Bush in a main role. Um, he, wrote, he wrote both these movies, but he's in a main role um, in this as the uh, local police detective who's trying to solve a series of murders that keep happening down down to the beach. Um, the movie opens with like this um, incredible go-go dancer just yes. shredding mm-hmm. it. Just amazing. And then I, if I'm not incorrect, I think it then goes to this fake opening 
where it's a diner and a guy comes in to talk to his best gal and we find out that she's actually got two additional heads. And then we well, realize... We, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Then we realize that it's a movie within a movie and that it cuts to the drive-in where the local kids are watching that movie um, and sort of making out and necking and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Which was a cool the opening. Whole, the whole drive-in parody thing, even up to... It was great. Even up to the uh, the hot dog incident, the wiener, oh, yeah. acquisi- the yeah. wiener acquisition moment, those are all pre-credit. Are Cause they? Yeah, because that happens, and then like after that thing at the is hot that dog when stand, the dancer starts? Yeah, it cuts oh, to the credits, and then okay. there's like the insane go-go dancer, who who also closes the movie. Yes, yeah. thankfully, um, I, I the, the, it, the movie is just uh, uh, delightful. It is super fun. It's funny. Um, the only problem is that our second film is much, much funnier, and I yes. watched them out of order. So this this sort of paled in comparison to the other one. But I I have nothing but recommendation for this movie. Um, I thought it was a ton of fun. Oh, the 100%. color palette was amazing. So, so bright. It was so vibrant and beautiful. The color palette yes. was amazing. It was so vibrant the clothes. and beautiful. Everybody's oh, clothes yeah, were just fashion. great. Everything about it the production design. The, yeah. the cars, the archi- like the houses, mm-hmm. like uh, 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 Chicklet's house, the, the kitchen and stuff. Chicklet. What a great <laughs> name. And that actor, uh, Lauren Ambrose, I had to look it up. She I could not now, be cuter. No, she could not. She's just a, <laughs> she's just a little, little, little doll baby. She's so cute. Oh. But then yeah, when she she's would. She's the best. Oh, she's just incredible. When she would switch into those other personalities that she had. It was. She was clearly just having the best time. What was her? Yeah, what was she really? Anne Bowman. Anne Bowman. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so the movie. We in the movie we have Chicklet and her friend Burdine. There, we actually when we first meet them, they're one of the kids at the drive-in watching this monster movie, and um, they are um, they are sort of the last girls to go boy crazy in their high school. So all their friends are going boy crazy. They just don't understand it. Why Why is everybody always talking about boys? And um, I believe it's presented pretty clearly that Burdine has it for Chicklet. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I want to lean in. So Chicklet decides she wants to kind of, you know, get in with the cool boys or whatever who she sees surfing. So she's trying to get them to teach her how to surf. That's how she gets the nickname Chicklet. Um, because the boys like say, well, you're not even a chick. You're more of a chicklet. Um, so she has to go and find the local surfing legend, the great the, Kanaka. The big Kanaka, that's right. To, uh, to help teach her. And at that point, we realize um, that chicklet has a bit of a split personality. And circles can set her off. And then she can become different people. And all of that I shit. Loved her personalities. All of that shit was great. Where the where she was like uh, like BDSMing the Kanaka, yeah, and like uh-huh. going, "You're nothing but a worm. You like it when I do this." And he was like, <laughs> oh, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah." And it was really funny. I, I, I honestly think the movie really suffered from me watching the other movie first. Yes, I agree. Uh, I agree because uh, I did the same thing. I watched. Uh, the second I think we movie. all did. Yeah. I did. and But it, I don't know. I just really enjoyed this. Like, the death scenes were great. Oh, my God. It was like the mean wheelchair chick. Yeah. 
And that's she, the funniest when she died. Thing. Oh, that was cracking me up. <laughs> the funniest thing in the movie. So there's a character, this girl who's in a wheelchair. Rhonda. And and normally in a movie, the like the person with um with physical, physical challenges, challenges. Yeah. Um, is is someone who you um I don't know, you have you have sympathy or empathy have, for. Yeah. And this chick is such a fucking bitch. She's, just, she's so mean. She's the meanest She cuts everybody ever. so deep with her words. It's insane. It was hilarious. It was great. Yeah, like, I agree. But then she died, and then it was just you saw her like wheelchair like fall over. Like it was like falling over with her head on the, the wheel. Worst head. The worst. You yes. know that. <laughs> just like spinning on the wheel is great. Well, the, and then the guy that died on the beach that you just saw his like his, body parts. His hand. It was his, just yeah. really fun. Like it was like so cheesy. Yeah, I just they brought the cheddar. I loved this movie, but I just it's. It is just slightly lesser than the other movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just like a ridiculous like horror comedy. It's really good. And there's that. The, uh, so Comedy to horror. keep it on the LGBTQ plus banner, there is this brilliant moment where the two of the surfer boys realize yo, yo, they love each other. Yo-Yo and Provolone. Provolone. <laughs> what a fucking name. But... That was a wonderful little moment when they fucking I make out. That. I was like, oh, this is sweet. Yeah, where he like well, finally kisses him. Mo- yeah. And he's like, because the dude Provolone is violently constipated through about uh-huh. the Both of these of the movies movie. have constipation as a major thing. They do. And so he is completely constipated and he's like eating prunes and taking ex lax and all this stuff. And as soon as Yo-Yo gives him like a big kiss, he's like... His stomach goes. <laughs> he's like, it's moving. My stomach's moving. At one point, they say he hadn't shit in sixty-two days. That made oh, me God. physically yeah. hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Sixty-seven. Uh, I think it was sixty-seven. But anyway, so long. Sixty plus days. That yeah. is insane. Yeah. Well, you know, three days is <laughs> two days too much. Is what yeah. that is. Um, so yeah. we've talked before about our uh, dear departed friend Chris, Mike. Oh. But like, what was his? He had a very peculiar situation with that. He had had like a massive like neurological surgery. Like he had been uh, in a, a car accident and it had damaged vertebrae in his neck, and he didn't realize it. But he kept having headaches and pain, so he went yeah. to the doctor. They did a, a scan and said, you know the least sort of impact could have paralyzed him. Yeah. So he went in and had the surgery. He lived alone at the time. He refused because as was his way to take the stool softener that they recommended he take so he could leave the hospital. And he managed to get out of the hospital, went home alone and spent about two and a half or three weeks regretting his decision to not take the stool softener. Yeah. And he told me the story that when he finally got the kiss of yo-yo or whatever made right. his function. That's a great begin, term man. for that. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> I got the kiss of yo-yo. I got to get out of here. So he said he went to the, the facility and he sat down and for just pain and like there was ripping and tearing and it was terrible. And he said when it finally emerged... <laughs> And it hit the bowl. It sounded like the tip of an aluminum baseball bat hitting the porcelain. He said it went, pink. That's the funniest story. 
Oh, the entire colon apparently was devoid oh. of liquid. Oh, oh, it just kills me. It's amazing. It's one of the funniest stories of all time. <laughs> and that story is a tribute to a great man that we lost. Mm. So, hundred percent. Such a funny story. Goddamn! I think he would be happy to know that story. Shall has been on. told again. It's, it's now in the, oh, the archive of the internet. So let's talk about the other characters we have. Um, There's so many. At the, so they're the the family where uh, where Florence, uh, aka Chicklet, lives. They have a uh, exchange student, Lars. Lars. He's, oh yeah. He's from Sweden. Is yes. that right? Okay. The sex capital of the world. And he says words wrong a lot, <laughs> and it's very Sweden? funny. <laughs> We actually, yeah. I, I hate to confess, we turned on closed captioning. Yeah, I always have closed captioning. To pick up all of Lars' stuff, because like some of it, oh, he would okay. just like veer wildly off into, he would just be like in a whole thing, and it would yeah. just, I was not getting it at all somehow. <laughs> but have, you would be a vermin. We have this stunning <laughs> Australian actress playing a Marilyn Monroe alike. Um, oh. named Ooh, yeah. the Bertina character's Barnes. name is Bettina Barnes, but it's played by an Australian actress named Kimberly Davies. And she was perfection in yes. that role. I mean, she's gorgeous to look at, but she was doing the voice and the mannerisms and everything else just perfectly. It was a real she was. Judy Holiday kind of thing, where it was sort of this curious vocal inflection. Mm-hmm. But It just, was very Marilyn Monroe, I thought. It's just it like was, an homage. No, there was nothing wrong at all about anything there. The, her look, <laughs> her clothes, her, uh, mm-hmm. her her acting style. She's very sympathetic. She's a she's like basically this biggest star in Hollywood. Everybody knew her, and she was uh, her back. Her whole arc was that she was tired of being treated badly by the Hollywood system, and she had left the set uh, the, of the current movie she's working on and she was hiding out at the beach waiting for them to agree to her terms. Um, so she I have was, to say, I did think about the actress Vanilla Whore I while don't, she was on the beach. From Scott of the Antarctic. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't remember that character had a name, honestly. <laughs> Where if you want me to act outside of a trench, you get yeah. yourself a goddamn stunt woman. I did not remember. I did not realize that character had a name. So yeah, yeah Miss Vanilla Whore. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, <laughs> what a I, name! I didn't know that. Um, and let's not forget this movie. It features the second film performance of an actress who's become quite a Hollywood mainstay. Yeah, Amy Amy oh. Adams, young twenty six year old Amy Adams, is in this film. Yes, she is. Yeah, and she looks fantastic. I will never think about an ice cream sandwich the same way again. That was so fun. So she's like the alpha female on this uh, in this movie. She's the one who all the boys want and who knows it. Uh, and mm-hmm. she plays Marvel Ann. That's her character's name. So she's sort of like the number one hot stuff locally. She's right up there. She was... It was it- it was so hilariously cringy, though, like what the way that she got her attention on the yeah. beach. Oh, yeah. She's like ran up and then like, oops, my like top just popped yeah. off. <laughs> like, it was so 
amazing and hilarious. Well, and there's a point where her swimsuit gets ripped off and she's standing there at the hot dog stand. Uh, just covering her ass up. And it's like, okay, I can keep doing this. This is fine. Yeah, that scene um, could have gone on a little longer, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> we we have the mother of Chicklet, um, Mrs. Ruth Forrest, who was a Fuck, she's just fucking perfection. When she had Lars get up on that chair to change the light bulb, yeah. and then she Ooh, like yeah. takes her top off and she's in her bra and putting the moves on him, I was like, this is hilarious. Um, okay. Do you recognize her, Marty? I don't know that you're... Cause I'm, she's very I'm familiar. Guessing that that's, you did not watch too much Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Oh, is she from that? That's where I know she her from. She is one yeah. of Sabrina's aunts, and the other aunt is Caroline Ray, the comedian. On, on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, okay, yeah, I knew actresses. Caroline Ray was in it, but I didn't know. Yeah, Beth Broderick is the other aunt, and she is thumbs up. All right, well, I mean, yeah. she's great in this. Um, and the other character that really sort of had some great moments was the detective's uh, right hand woman, um, Cookie. Cookie, right? yeah, yeah, that <laughs> shit was funny. A lot of meat, yeah. but only one That's potato. Good. So many great, <laughs> great lines, character. and it was such a uh, Barney Fife type of character. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the movie is just, it's full of, like, stereotypes and tropes and stuff on purpose and just executed brilliantly. What is cool, too, is it is sort of an ensemble thing, and everybody sort of gets a chance to have, like, a moment. Yes. A lot of moments, honestly. Yeah. It isn't like it's just, yeah. here's their big... Now, obviously, uh, Provolone... Uh, that his big scene with the kiss and stuff, that's a thing. But he has other scenes beyond that, you know, so there's... Uh, oh, God, he was so funny. Like, he was like, um, she has more garnish on her than my grandmother's antipasta. Yeah. You know, like, there was, like, such good one-liners that dude was saying. And I loved that those two, they just had such great, like, sexual chemistry mm-hmm. throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, you could tell. You know, and, and that, <laughs> yeah. but then, like, all of a sudden it hit, and you're like, okay. Like, yeah. way to go, boys. Yeah, you like, finally are yes. doing something about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. as in every scene in this movie that Charles Bush is in, to me, were some of the best, obviously the best scenes. His line readings, because he is Amanda Stark. He's like Detective Amanda Stark, I right. think is, is her name. Well, and the backstory with that, where we see the flashback. Oh. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> It was amazing. And, and they did the same thing they do in the other movie where they do a body switch thing to kind yep. of. Yep. Yeah. It was really great. That was awesome. Yeah. Both movies did that. It was <laughs> awesome. But where, you know, it was it's, really fun. it's actually, it's, I'm sorry, it's Monica Stark, but Monica, Detective Monica Stark, has the surfers, the remaining surfers, into her office to question them. Yes. And she is the one that helps Yo Yo make the breakthrough because she's going, Do you ever feel different? Is, yeah, do you feel different than the other boys? Is there something about you that's you feel is not quite normal? And he's <laughs> like, it just comes flooding in, and it changes the course of his life. That mo- a, yeah, that moment at the beach when he just goes, I'm going for it. At the luau. <laughs> at the luau. <laughs> the li- yeah, I'm luau. Really, I'm really glad I watched this movie. It was really comical, and I can't believe that I haven't. I didn't. It was not on my radar whatsoever. And the guy hasn't made that many movies, um, and these were both great. So um, after watching these, so this is a shame he hasn't done more movies. Well, but I mean, he's still in he Broadway. Is, he's doing yeah, Broadway right he's now. So hugely active in theater. So because yeah. both, like I know uh, this was like a, an, at least an off Broadway musical, right? 
Psycho Beach Party so, was from 87, I think. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about his tone and his writing um, in both of these movies. Because it, I used to hang out on in the East Village a lot, like, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s. And this, like, really resonated with me. It, like, reminded me a lot of, like these like weird underground theaters that I would go to mm-hmm. and I would see off Broadway plays and it would be like very similar in tone to this. Julie, and, are you aware like, of the old play? It was like back in the maybe eighties, um, but it was called vampire lesbians of Sodom. No, yeah, well, it was, but it sounds awesome. It was a famous thing that I was well aware of. I didn't know that Charles Bush wrote it. So oh, in doing the cool. little bit of research I did for this, I was like, what? So, yeah. Oh, then I'll definitely check it out. Um, I don't think it's ever been filmed, but um, it may okay. exist like a some videotape of a performance or something like that. I don't know. But um, yeah, cool. dude's been around and is and is respected. It is. This is not just some weirdo doing interesting work somewhere. This is somebody like who's most of the things we talk about. Or, or like I, it's sort of to me, it's sort of John Watersy, where it's somebody who just did what they did, and eventually mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. people said, "Oh, okay, this is actually good," um, or got a point. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like I never, I don't have a lot of knowledge base on plays or anything that I was watching. Mm-hmm. It was just I would putz around and hang out mm-hmm. in the city, and then I would see something, and it's like going to a movie theater. Yeah. Like you know, back in the day, it was just like oh, like ten, twelve bucks. Like okay, mm-hmm. like I'll go see this thing or. Sometimes they would just be like, "Hey, we need more audience participation. Like, will you like come come in?" You know, like seat like, filler. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I was a seat filler and some stuff. Man, one time I was in the Maury Povich show, and they were like, "I just remember they're like, take off your jackets. This is going to be airing in the summer." Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like so they'd always be like in New York. That's like wild. they would always, if you're just like walking around during the day, or you know, we'd be like skipping school. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you know, just—that's going to be on your permanent record. Yeah. <laughs> you just admitted to uh, that. Technically, like technically, they knew I I got caught multiple times. So was, not a, was the Maury Povich show you saw? Did they do a? Is this your baby daddy? A paternity test? It was yeah. It was like something yeah. like that. At a certain was, like, point, that's all he we did. Like, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was like Jerry Springer esque, you yeah. know. But also like the Sally Jesse Raphael mm-hmm. too. Like that was more like crying, like because mm-hmm. like you're like pregnant or like you know. Maybe like your mom doesn't like how you're dressing, right. kind of deal. Yeah, I used to listen to her radio show back in the day. Oh, so. really? Mm-hmm. Couldn't see your glasses. Yeah, no, you didn't even know she had interesting glasses on. That was her signature Damn. thing. It um, really was. So we loved Psycho <laughs> Beach Party, but we really loved our second Charles Bush feature. So let's yes, get on did. with it here and let's talk about 2003's Die, Mommy, Die. <laughs> Hello, darling. My, don't you look delicious. New dress? Uh-huh. Daddy's favorite color. Suits you just fine, kiddo. It's such a sunny day, one could almost walk around nude. Mother, you would. There's nothing wrong with nudity. Tony frequently visits a nudist colony at Big Sur. Feels good letting everything hang in the breeze. That's revolting. <laughs> Darling daughter, you sound like a square from Squaresville. Square to you because I don't sleep around with every delivery boy and valet parking attendant. You're affecting a rather severe tone, young lady. Severe? To a woman who rubs cocoa butter on Sammy Davis Jr.? 
Sammy is a cherished friend of this family. I refuse to justify my actions to you. Because you can't. Well, Edith, why must we be forever at each other's throats? Can't you try and meet your mother halfway? She's a good egg. There's no use talking to her when she's in a mood. Tony, dear, dear, fix me something nice and cool and meet me in the garden. It's been so considerate of you to keep my mother company while my dad's in Spain. I'm glad I could entertain her. As a student of psychology, I wonder what you could possibly see in my mother besides her frequently open checkbook. She's a wonderful gardener. How long have you felt so kindly towards your mother? I guess deep down I've always known the truth about her. What truth? I don't have to tell you anything. You're not my shrink. What secret did you learn? Why do you hate your mother so? I hate her because she's a money-grubbing, selfish bitch who ruined my father's life. And a promiscuous slut who spends all my father's hard-earned money on trash like you. That's not good enough. Quite a picture. Angela Arden surrounded by her award-winning Angela Arden roses. I seem to have a green thumb for everything but... Raising children. It's just a phase, Angie. All kids go through it. When did it start? When did it all go wrong? That voice you heard there was Jason Priestley, who uh, turns in an absolutely wonderful performance in this movie. Oh, uh, I, I was like, man, 90210, I didn't know you had this in yet. Man, what a I fucking had... awesome turn. I had no yeah, reason. Yeah, it was great. To, no reason to have anything negative to say about Jason Priestley, but I can say nothing but positive things after this because he just—it was such a ballsy turn to just. Yeah, it was, and he just did well. it. Yeah. He just did it <laughs> with everyone. Yes. Um, so this actually stars Charles Bush um, mm-hmm. as our leading lady mm-hmm. and directed. Um, uh, did he direct it? I think written and directed by. Yeah. No, directed by a guy named Mark Rucker, it says. Oh, I swear oh, I thought he directed I thought, it. I um, did too. I mean, I'm sure he had huh. feedback, but he plays a character named Angela Arden, who is a faded movie star, movie, uh, a superstar. Singer. singer. A washed up singer. She was kind oh, of like Oh, I thought it was also an actor. She's a pop singer. Uh, she was like okay. a, kind of a Leslie Gore or a... Okay. Yeah. I assumed so there was a Hollywood had... connection, not just singing. So, Okay. One of the records they played with her sister on it, right, um, was very like Boswell sisters esque. And then I felt like you know her solo career went more like Rosemary Clooney or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great. Yeah, that's perfect. Shirley Bassey. <laughs> um, and we get to this is later in Angela Arden's life, and we get to meet her entire family. Um, her daughter um, Edith or Edie, played by Natasha Leone. Awesome. Young she was fantastic. Natasha she was amazing. Um, and their son, Lance, played by a guy named Stark Wait. Sands, who I was so familiar, but I don't think I've seen anything he's been in. Have you seen anything else that um, the leading chick was in? Um, Natasha Leone? Yeah. Leon, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That was show Russian like Doll was, was re- like, I, I saw some of that. It was great. She's got oh, a new show on the Peacock called um, Poker Face that's yeah. really popular right now. And she's oh, on, so she's a big TV person. Well, she's but she's also been in too. a lot of movies, and she's, she's on well, Comedy Bang Bang. 
she's great. Okay. Yeah, she's great. Oh, cool. She's, she's really I remember funny. just her from like American Pie, Slums of Beverly yes. Hills. Oh, um, she's been in uh, But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. Like, yeah, but more just like early 2000s, I feel like. No, she's yeah, maybe still... she transitioned to more TV work. Oh, lately cool. but it's but See, it's sort of premiere yeah. tv sort of stuff right you know? See, tv you know to me tv it's different now where tv was once sort of the where you the go to place die that film stars would go to yeah to yeah, ride no, out to retirement or whatever now now there's more budget in it. well there's it's more crazy. budget and there's they're attracting i mean with the 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 playing field has shifted so much with streaming now being at oh, least yeah. as a prevalent a a a place to, you know, present your work as as cinema. Because they have the box so. with money, you get honey. Yeah, I like that. I need a t shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get to meet um, Angela's husband, played by the amazing Philip Baker Hall, who is awesome and killing Ooh, it yeah, and having is. a ball. Just, I just, and again, like Priestley, going for it, just full on. Just going for it. But our star... He's a great character. Our fucking star is Charles Bush. That yes. dude... Charles Bush... Kills it in this incredible. It's this is This is... Uh, I don't want to say masterpiece, but it's basically a masterpiece. It's kind of perfect. It really is. So, Mike, describe the situation, how you watched it, because I thought that was great. Okay. Uh, we, yeah, we were going to watch this, and my, my son, Dylan, always watches everything we do for the podcast, mm-hmm. pretty much, but... My daughter is a big fan of like dra- RuPaul's Drag Race, and mm-hmm. on she has like an online like she follows like uh, Miss Cracker and some mm-hmm. different uh, drag queens and stuff. So when I told her sort of the the breakdown, she was like, "Yeah, I'm in." And then nice. my mother in law decided to watch as well. <laughs> and about twenty minutes into the movie, because it's very arch and it's broad. It's yeah. broad and uh-huh. arch and sort of it's sort of camp, but uh-huh. in a, it's pretty camp. I think it is, but in a in a sort of very straight way. Like like even though the lines are camp, the delivery is amazingly straight and and just wonderful. I think that's why it works. That's a hundred percent why it yeah. works, and I want to compare and contrast. But about twenty minutes in, uh, Joan, my mother in law, looked at me and said, "You know, this movie's kind of rotten." <laughs> and, and then about 45 minutes in, I looked over at her and she was riveted. And I said, I said, do you still think it's kind of rotten? And she said, yeah. I said, are you fully invested? She said, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so it was, when it was over, it was like the four of us were, it was a crowd pleaser. Yeah. That's Dude, great. I can't imagine watching like that kind of movie with my grandma. <laughs> she, she, she was down. That's awesome. Well, she's a, look. She would be right up your alley, Julie. Because like, if if we were watching something with Jean Claude Van Damme taking his shirt off or Dolph Lundgren or something, just get her a cup of coffee or something to drink and just sit her down. She's ready. Mm. Hell yeah! She will like flat this. out watch like an action movie and like the more sweaty, bare chested men, the better. Um, mm. But I, okay. Well, the reason I wanted I like you to style. I wanted you to tell that story was this is a cross generational sort of crowd pleasing yes fun movie now it does have swears and it does have themes of sex that aren't all you know um okay ozzy and harriet but it's great 
Um, because the Natasha kill, uh, kisses her father on the mouth a lot, is, like multiple times. It was yeah. so <laughs> and it's like in bed with him, and it is very like put, very putting bizarre. on her little negligee before she comes to see daddy. It was just like very uh-huh. weird. And yeah, but then like there was one scene that was with Charles until, Bush until yes until yesterday. I did not know how to reference this, but thanks to Urban Dictionary Marty, I know that it's called <laughs> spit roasting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there is that hilarious. Yes, <laughs> we're so, gonna help you with your box, ma'am. <laughs> oh, hello. That was awesome. Right this way. <laughs> um, this is this is a uh, uh, a family with issues, uh, and we get to sort of follow them and. We have this faded star who's trying to maybe recapture a little bit of her fun and who's maybe found a little side piece to spend some time with and the husband may or may not know about. It's just fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It is hard to even like... I don't want to spoil this one. I don't, I don't I think we could We could spoil the plot of the other one. It's, it's just a puff piece. But this thing actually has a fun little whodunit mystery thing that was really done super well I thought I couldn't agree more the 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 last 15 minutes of this movie there are so many there's more revelations than there is in the bible I mean it is like so much stuff is revealed and happens and you're like who and what and then no that can't be the case and it's it re- it would be a crime to spoil this. I would really not yeah. like to. I, I mean, I think we could talk about some of the the moments. So, like the one aspect to uh, Jason Priestley's character is that he apparently has the biggest dick in like California. Yes. So <laughs> an eleven and a half inch hog. So they to. keep referencing it. They do this thing where they show because everyone's seen it. Apparently, everybody um, in this family has. Even the dad had heard about it. It was legendary. Um, but they do this thing where they <laughs> shove something down his pants to, and it's like you see this thing bulging down his leg, and it's just. It's so awesome how just game they are to all pursue this sort of uh, line of uh, character development. Absolutely. Um, the, the, there is a constipation storyline with uh, the Philip Baker Hall uh, father character. Hilarious. Yes. Um, there's a, what's the Bootsy, the maid? Is that her name? Boopsy, yeah. Boopsy. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Um, I'll just go to the butler's pantry and have some prayers against you. Yes, super Christian um, and Very super drunk. Made. Really good. Um, so, what? but the, there were just all of these really interesting, weird scenes that would interject or transitions that would occur, um, and then just like comical little moments. It's like Valley of the Dolls, but. Yeah. Um, you know, there'd be like someone would be mixing a drink and then they would pull put like full purple pills in the drink like it was like ice cubes right. or something. Just floating. Mix them around in there. and then like hand yeah, like it's just so comical. There's like an L S D scene well, that that's very was trippy amazing. and amazing. So there's some- there there was a thing where she someone in the movie goes to the a cabinet and gets a bottle out and it is it's his arsenic rat kill poison yeah and that for some reason just it was so it was like in a a looney tunes cartoon where somebody picks up the bottle (laughs) 
and it just mm-hmm. says poison. There, there's a Julie talking about those transitions. I did write one of them down. There's a part where Jason Priestley is about to get it on with one of the characters in a in a potting shed, and he's unzipping his pants, and the camera is right there as the pants unzip oh, and they yeah. pour the martini, and then yeah, it fades that was to a martini awesome. glass. And I was that like, was "That's rav- just like bravura filmmaking. Like, awesome. This is yeah. great." I, I completely and agree. I there was wanted that martini else. really bad, y'all. I'm yeah, not I, did <laughs> I think that says more the, about um, us than the movie, though. <laughs> At some point, then they like transition to the motorcycle scene too, <laughs> where like <laughs> Charles Bush and the son are on the motorcycle. Stuff. She was <laughs> mourning. So good. <laughs> the um, the uh, all the rear projection stuff. Because the first time you see them Ooh, yeah. driving in the car and the rear projections happening, hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was like, it's, this one moves more, not full on into like Zucker Brothers, like airplane territory, but it's, they're tonally, the first Psycho Beach Party is, everybody clearly is playing it super funny. They're doing their best to deliver like a comedic, it's broader. Singers left it's, and right. It's very broad. Not and not again, not a criticism. But in Die Mommy Die, they are delivering some of the most batshit crazy dialogue and right. ideas that you could, but playing it so like kind of about as real as you could play it. I mean Right, very straight. There's not they're not winking at you. They're doing it. But it's very broad in Psycho Beach Party. But the and that fact changes that the tone. The fact that they're playing it so straight makes the sort of spectacularly weird nature of the stuff they're talking about seem even more out there and, and, and like weird. Sometimes a movie yeah. that, that does that, where it, it's sort of, it acts like it's not in on the joke, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that makes it not funny because you're like, oh, is this, oh. are they being serious about this? But this, I feel you, like it's a you get, rarity well, that it's good. Well, that it works. And yes. this yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. And you. And for some reason, I was in the right mindset instantly. So they did something to sort of yep. set that table that was just perfect. Because that opening bit, there's the opening scene at the graveyard where Angela Arden is walking down to see her sister's um, grave. And and the lady comes up and says, "Oh, you're oh, Miss Arden. Arden. I was such a big fan. Are you going to do any more singing here? Have these flowers. They're from my garden. You know, mm-hmm. it's very just straight. And you're kind of okay. This is something's going on here. But then you know they go back and meet Jason Priestley, and the next thing is them driving in the car with that goofy rear projection. And then it just sort of slowly goes off the rails, and you're there. You're invested instantly. So, some sort yeah. of genius. I think." In that opening scene where the woman gives her the flowers mm-hmm. and she says, Oh, I was, I'm such a huge fan, Miss Arden. I listen to your records all the time. And like, she says, Do you ever listen to your old records? And the camera does this thing. And it's, I mean, Charles Bush is clearly a drag performer, but right. really accomplished. Very. But very much with his jawline. That is a man. It's like, it, you know, it, you, you can't not see that there's a man in there. And when the camera cuts to him and he looks clearly a man, but still so glamorous, mm-hmm. and they've got all the Vaseline on the lens oh, to my do God. that soft focus so thing, much. and he just says, no. <laughs> and that was like, that was to me, that was like, okay, this is what we're in for. <laughs> yeah. It just sets a tone, and it was like one line. It was just, I don't know, I think it's a masterful well, the, thing. The, the dialogue there where she's like, 
aren't those flowers for your late husband? And she's like, yes, but he was such a big fan. I know he would like knowing that you that they that you have them or whatever she says. It's just like really sweet and like, you know, oh thank you. And then she walks off, and it, I don't know. It's just it was it was wonderful. And then you're just for some reason you're just transported into this thing. It just works. Watching the watching Psycho Beach Party, something that I found myself like I was actually like sort of. I think waiting for the next scene that Charles Bush was going to be in. Yes. Because every time he would be on screen, it's like it elevated everything that was going on with his crazy line readings. Yes. And it's not like, you know, putting on some crazy over the top. It, it's not Nicholas Cage. No, <laughs> this is not right. port of call psycho beach party, <laughs> but this is just like, <laughs> he just is doing a thing and it works perfectly. Right. It's this, he's the center of all this stuff. But uh, he also, he's writing with it. his. Well, that's true. He wrote the best stuff for himself. So, <laughs> yeah, he does something with his voice where, like, throughout sentences, he'll like change his tone yes. and voice or that's mid the sentence. Thing. Yep. And it really, it really made me so happy. Yes, like I just, yeah, I'm a big fan. I w- Mike and, and I were. Okay. We're enjoying so much recording today, and we're glad you could join us. Yeah. <laughs> he drops it's it just, down at the it's end. It's cool. It's just so Mike, Mike and I were talking, I guess, Thursday, Mike? Thir- when, mm-hmm. th- I think it was Thursday. We were talking Thursday about, uh, because we had both watched the movie, I think Wednesday. We were talking on Thursday, and I was like, dude, I'm going to watch Die, Mommy, Die multiple times. This is not my last time watching this one. Yeah, 100% I will watch that again. Um, so yeah. let, and, and before we get too much further, let's just make sure to mention that both of these movies are available for free online. Um, Die, Mommy, Die is on um, YouTube. YouTube. And um, Psycho Beach Party is on Tubi. So you can yeah. watch both of these for free, and um, especially the YouTube one, commercial free, which was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, Enrich and it's your life. Enrich your life and watch these just, movies. I, mean, so, I, mean, I think they're both worth your time. For sure. 100%. Die, Mommy, Die is next level. It is. It's so great. Yeah, it really is. It was, because I think the last time we did a Pride Month thing, we did Vegas in Space. And oh, yeah. Whatever that other one was. And, and, you know, and Vegas in Space is so low budget and all that stuff, but, like, Liquid so artistic. Sky. Yeah, Liquid Sky. Um, and so low budget and stuff that it's like, you know, you, even though I highly recommend it, it is a lot. Um this thing is, like Mike said, bring in the family. Watch this yeah. movie. Yeah, but, this is a delight. But this one had bucks. The thing about Vegas in Space that... It had none. It was amazing. Yes. yes. Both um, of those movies, Liquid Sky, They too, did were that out of an the, apartment. The dude's apartment. Like, they over built those a number of years. That's an And all of the model work. <laughs> and, and that was beautiful. Yeah, hats off to the crew of that movie. I've... Watched that movie like at least fifteen times. Really? Since we since we did the podcast episode, that is a perfect chuck it on on a Saturday kind of watch where you're laughing hysterically, mm-hmm. like while making dinner, like you know, or meal prepping, sort of ducking in and out. Perfect movie. Yep. I think Die, Mommy, Die is similar in that way. I think this will be one that I watch regularly and that um, I recommend heartily. I yeah, I, I can. I cannot so recommend good. this movie highly enough. Again, I recommend both, but Die, Mommy, Die, Next Level, just on, on every level. Mm, yeah, it, to- Writing, it totally succeeds everywhere. Yes, and the fact that like these sort of—I mean, I don't know if Jason Patrick or I'm sorry, 
Priestley lost his Jason Priestley. Sorry, not Jason Patrick. Jason <laughs> Priestley and Philip Baker Hall are, and Natasha Leone are. I don't know how if I would call them necessarily full on mainstream performers, but the fact that they assembled a group of actors, very accomplished actors, mm-hmm. who understood the intent of this. Well, the guy that plays Lance is amazing. Oh, he's incredible. And I don't think I've seen him in anything else, but he's amazing. Um, there's this dude, um, who, his name, his actor name is Victor Raider Wexler. And he was from, you can't do that on television. Really? Yeah. Um, he was like the, um, he was like one of the people speaking at the funeral. Spoiler alert. Um, and I was like, that dude's so familiar. And I looked him up and I was like, that's where I know him from. He was the old man on the, um, you can't do this, that on television. Alistair's father. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I mean, I never watched that enough to like know who anybody was, but I do. Oh my God. I did. But anyway, he was in it. It's great. But like Philip Baker Hall is a no joke, like movie star, you know? Yeah. And I would say Natasha Leone is also, and obviously Jason yeah, Priestley agree. is, um, culturally important. But um, I just thought everybody was great. It just it its heart was in the right place. It was just a beautiful story, just done with love and care. And I, I don't know. It was this was fucking fantastic. And hallucinogenics. The LSD scene <laughs> killed me. Yes, it was so good. Yeah, some drag on drag, like just crazy. Yes, when Lance is performing, <laughs> yes. it was hilarious. It was so good. I just liked when. Charles is talking to himself, you know, and yes, you have two Charles up there, and and I'm like, Psh, I've been there, man. <laughs> that shit was done, that, like that him playing two characters. That's, I don't know. I I thought that was all done just perfectly the way it was shot because yeah. that's mm-hmm. a bit of a trick. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, to pull that off effectively and make it look not clunky, but it was totally. so seamless. But I think at some point, I and this sounds probably silly, but at some point. I stopped like there was in all my critical analysis skills just sort of went out the window. I was genuinely swept up in the manic exactly uh, story. Exactly. That's why I don't want to spoil it because I think it actually works not just as a curiosity, but as an actual movie. And then it's funny on top of that. And then it's sort of saying something on top of that. So there's layers to this thing. Well, I think, I think that's a, and then maybe that's just, part of Charles Bush's writing style because Psycho Beach Party for all of its silliness and and camp like overt comedic camp stuff mm-hmm. is still about it being okay to be who you are because mm-hmm. that's happening the thing with Provolone and Yo-Yo where they're just like they need to they got to bust out of this cage they're in mm-hmm. this man has to go to the bathroom they have got to work something out right <laughs> these doors are going to swing wide so he what do we say we're going to use the, the new euphemism is going to be, I'm feeling the kiss of yo-yo. I'm feeling the get kiss out of, of yo-yo, yeah. <laughs> I had two cups of coffee, and the next thing I know, I felt the kiss of yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, nothing, so. If we just talk, oh. the more we talk about uh, Die, Mommy, Die, I just, other than just sitting here, like, gushing about it, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard because I just want to talk about how good it is, but I don't want to spoil it. No, I, I just want to recommend that. I kind of feel bad that we're not talking about it more about specific moments, but I really would like people to just discover it. And you got to let that show watch it. I totally agree. Yeah. I don't think you can. I don't think you can describe it as 
effectively as as you know what I mean. You can't we can't do it justice by sort of recapping right. it. And I don't think I I'm not worried about um, recommending it so heartily um, and making raising people's expectations so much exactly that they're disappointed. No. I believe this is going to land regardless. Like if if any of this even remotely sounds interesting to you, you're going to love it. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, that's why I wanted you to tell your story, Mike, was because um, it's an example of how this works for multiple generations. And, um, yeah. So that's our little Pride Month celebration. The last episode we released came out during Pride Month, but we recorded it well before. So, um, you know, yes, full disclosure, we weren't thinking about it. So, um but then we did think about it, and so we wanted to do a, a show that would sort of uh, throw our backing behind our LGBTQ listeners and the ones who don't listen, but who we still support. So, yeah, we, we support you. We're celebrating, and thankfully, uh, Tennessee just... Um, they were trying to ban... Like drag performances. Drag shows, yeah. and... That is amazing that that got like appealed. Did it get shut down? The, the uh, yeah. The, oh, good. It did. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. I didn't. Yeah, there are there so are bravo to that. Good. Like, that's amazing. Way to go, Tennessee. Keep it up. Well, there are glimmers of of the the country climbing out from underneath the past few years. I the the governor of Illinois just uh, passed uh, legislation that essentially like if if a library in illinois actively bans books they lose their accreditation from the american library association wow and so their funding funding and financing is shut down but you know it's a tragic thing to feel that a library is going to be shut down but if it's run by some crazy person that's trying to ban books right Mm -hmm. it's not what it's not doing what it should do well, that way they I can agree. get all those That's bad awesome. books out and put in all the good books. And you know what I mean about the good books. Just copies of the Bible. Yeah. Um, the uh, Except for Utah. You know, whenever like a natural disaster True. hits California, people go, well, that's God punishing California. You know, the, this has been a thing. People say, well, what the fuck, oh, yeah. man? Lately, I don't know if you've seen it, but there have been countless tornadoes and storms and damage in Florida and Texas. I think yeah. maybe God's got something. Maybe there's something to that. Mm. So, I don't know. Fuck those guys. Yes. Um, But, on a more positive note, perhaps, let's talk about what else we've seen. Julie, I'd like to start off things, um, not about what I've seen, but let's talk about Fast X, because I know we've both seen it. Um, Nearly three hours. So, just to start the conversation. Dude, I saw that in the theater. I did, too. You did? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Kay and I saw it last weekend. Oh, that's Kay awesome. That what was, theater did you go to? The, uh, AMC High Point, the one on North High, North Main. Nice. Yeah, they're one of the few theaters in town that'll do a bargain matinee, and I like to save okay. money where I can. But it's a full-on, like, you know, recliners and reserved seating and all that stuff theater. But it's clean, it's affordable, and it's convenient to Kay, so we do go there. Did you have a good crowd? That's the important part. It was, a, I mean, it was so, a like, fine crowd. It on. wasn't very full when we saw it. So it's. Not- I just really like 
when like people are like hooting and hollering and like I think I was hooting like and that. hollering and laughing more yes. than anybody else in the theater. So <laughs> that's awesome. So what's your review? Because it was one of those movies. It's so ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous. Well, oh yeah. Well, I think it's I, the uh, most ridiculous of all the Fast movies that I've seen. I agree. Like, um, it's by super far. cheesy. Yes. Um. So I saw it at the Alamo okay. on a weekend. Um, one of my best friends was just like, hey, let's go see a movie. And I was like, oh, my God, I was going to see Fast X. Do you want to see it? And he had never seen any of the movies. Oh, wow. So we went to the bar, like the Video Vortex bar, yeah. and just like had two, like pounded two beers while watching um, some kind of YouTube uh, just recap that was like 25 minutes oh, okay, long okay. or something of all of the nine previous movies. And, I'd and like so to see that. I was that. like, yeah, yeah, it was great. So like, if you don't really want to like, you know, sift through, cause right. it's kind of overwhelming to sift through like nine movies. It's if, also if you don't want to see useless those. to have any background knowledge. Cause none of it, I've seen all the movies and none of it matters at all I me. mean no 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 it doesn't matter at all it's good to just have like a background like, a little yeah okay yeah. the first two movies are very like car forward mm-hmm. you know they're like racing they're grounded movies, too but, in a lot of ways yeah there's some stunts then, but it's grounded were they yeah cunning? but then like <laughs> no they're they're like the first movie is an action Grant movie Grant Page it's was fun. not in that movie yeah <laughs> he did not make a cameo it only really started getting crazy like around four or five and then it was okay so, so awesome. four is is where they start making them action movies and there's like the rock and then you have like all of these other people that are like added in jason statham yeah later on you have, yeah, yeah. um yeah then you have uh what um, i mean everybody they're on kurt russell like yeah I mean, like it's uh-huh. All right, I just got and, more interested. It's just every uh, but, fucking body like, is in these things. Uh, Helen like Mirren. Seven. I heard oh, she, about that. She, that blows and my And apparently mind. she and Vin Diesel are like friends in real life, yeah. which I love. Yeah. It's, it's uh, fucking but, wild. But in Seven is when it it's, all of a yeah. sudden, Seven Forward is when they just fucking de- defy physics. Wasn't and Seven just the like, one that Paul Walker died on? I think think so and he was only in like a little bit or was and they had his brother i think seven was the one where he died and they had him some and then his brother did the few scenes and then Um, they cgi'd like the face a little a little yeah and changed the story also and added in the thing at the Mm -hmm. end where brian had to leave and go hiding because you know in this Mm -hmm. movie the one character the one actor who's actually died his character is still alive but in the movie, oh, there's a dozen characters who have died and then come back to life. But he's oh, the only yeah. one who hasn't, and you know. So, so. But, but in ten, the daughter is in the movie. You mean the one Paul in Walker's Brazil daughter. that he goes and meets? Yeah. Was that? Was that? No, that was the sister of the mother of Brian. That's Brian's aunt, but little B's aunt in Brazil, right? I don't fucking know, man. It doesn't matter. Dude, um, I don't know. It's but so like fucking they dumb. All, yeah, it's just the hot Brazilian chick that like yeah, yeah, also yeah. races. Yeah, like yeah. That's Paul Walker's daughter. Was it? I don't think that's right. Little B is Brian Walker's son. Is, is, Little B. Is Paul Walker's son. The, I mean, the, in real the life. The kid that's... Oh, in real life? Yeah, yeah. Like, real... 
Oh, yeah, I, didn't, real life. Uh, I didn't know that. I don't know anything about the yeah. real life. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, we're... So, so, but bottom line, uh, without all the history and all that stuff, so like, what'd mm-hmm. you think of Fast X? Oh, it was fucking stupid, and I loved it. Yeah, I felt the same way. <laughs> One of the dumbest things I've ever seen, and I laughed <laughs> and had a great time all the way through it. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of nervous because it's like a three-hour movie. And yes. I asked my friend, I'm like, uh, sorry, Al, like, do you hate me now? And he's like, no, this is great. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's, it is absolutely a piece of fucking shit. But boy, did I enjoy it. <laughs> what did you think of Jason Momoa? Oh, he was actually really comical. I, did you like it, though? Did you... Or did you think it At was... At first, I didn't. Yeah. And then I really did start to like it. After so like I was sort of the opposite. Half hours in. I liked it at the <laughs> onset, and then as it got sillier, I like I liked it less. And then the, yeah. the, the the really the the like turning point for Kay and I when we saw it was the scene where he was there with the two dead cops, and he was painting their toenails. <laughs> that was like Kay was like, "I'm out, fuck this," <laughs> and I it, it it really shook me because it was so tonally different from the. The entirety of the, the movie up to that point, and after that point, it was like this weird, like a turd in the ice cream or whatever. It was like, you know, it was like, oh, this is delicious. What garbage. Oh, puh, 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 puh. and then for the rest of the movie, that had just sort of tainted my experience. Mm-hmm. So that really, but I've seen people talk about that being their favorite part of the movie. It definitely wasn't my favorite part, but I did think it was like comical. Yeah. Um, it was so like of much of a shift for me like where I was watching it going this is great this is so fine I was like this is fucking dark yeah. I'm like wow this dude is actually insane which um, is what I liked about yeah. it you know so did you watch Reacher on Amazon Prime no is that dude in it dude Jason Momoa dude, I don't no, know if I've so, ever seen Jason so, Momoa in anything really like I don't know what well, else yeah, I guess in. you don't watch like like sort of the stuff everybody else is watching, like Game of Thrones or um, nope. Aquaman or any of the Justice League no. movies or any of that shit. He had a movie. He had a show on uh, Apple Plus called C that was terrible. Here's what I want you to do, though, mm-hmm. Julie. Like, make a little note and okay. immediately, like as soon as you can, start watching <laughs> Reacher on Amazon Prime. So you know the okay. guy from the agency, the big giant lantern jaw brute of a guy that was chasing him, that was in the airplane that went down. The okay. big giant fucking yeah, blonde yeah, hair dude. That guy plays yeah. Jack Reacher, which was a character Tom Cruise oh. played in movies. But this guy plays it the way it's actually in the book. John Clancy? No, no, it's a different. It's a whole or one. It's a whole entire different dude. Tom Clancy, I think, is what you're thinking. Tom but it's, this is not a Tom it's Clancy not that dude. Thing. Reacher's okay. fucking genius. A great little like maybe eight episode series on Amazon, and it is action movie fucking awesome, but done like oh. really great. And that dude is amazing in it. Um, okay. So his introduction to the movie this time absolutely made it for me. I thought he was an amazing addition. So I, cool. I, I, it was a fun movie, but wow, was it dumb. Yeah. Agreed. And there's apparently two more coming. <clears throat> like this, really? the conclusion is a three-parter. I mean, how cool is that that there's like 10 of these movies out in the world They've spanned over 20 years. Like, what a fucking successful franchise. It is going to be one Who of the most thought? successful franchises of all time. You know? It's amazing. There's Well, there's, you know, and then there's Hobbs and Shaw, and there's another one of those coming. Or and, But I've also heard there's going to be a spinoff with The Rock and Jason Momoa. 
Oh, okay. And Interesting. So what did you think? So we don't have to talk about like what is revealed in the uh, at the end of the movie, but we find out that one of the characters that we thought was long dead isn't, which was kind of fun. Um, and yeah. then we find out that a character's back who we didn't know was going to be back. And that was uh-huh. really fun. And I did, yeah. I did cheer a little bit at the theater when that I happened. I did too. I was like, yeah. I totally did. So, yeah. Same. Um, so I, I don't know. It's fun. It's, it's, it's what I'm going to see those movies for. It delivered. So. All right. So The Rock and Jason Momoa are going to have a spinoff? I, it was something like that. Yeah. So they're both Hawaiian. So oh, are we okay. going to have to like bust out like an old Andy Sedaris script and do like a oh dude Malibu hard ticket Express, to Hawaii too. hard ticket to Hawaii Ooh. starring The Rock and Jason Momoa I'm down <laughs> all right so we talked at length about that movie so um, who wants to go first on what they've watched since our last recording I've got a pretty brief why don't you go list. for it Mike so, one thing I do want to throw out is firstly I've got a few movies but recently started watching much late to the party as ever uh the show barry on hbo with bill Hader. cannot recommend it highly enough i'm about five episodes in and i am like obsessively thinking about it because it is this perfect blend of kind of crime action stuff with comedy and genuine like emotional stuff like that's good it is so good. It's so good. Found out last night, I was just kind of browsing around on the internet. First season, Henry Winkler and Bill Hader got Emmys. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know Because I watched a thing where uh, Henry Winkler was being interviewed. He's amazing on the show. Yeah, it's really good to see him. It's like a winkler sans. And he um, was being interviewed by Entertainment Tonight about mm-hmm. his... his he, had, he was like backstage mm-hmm. holding the Emmy. And they were talking to him, and Hater came in, and nothing really crashed the interview, but like the rapport between the two of them, it was the sweetest. Most of, they both seemed just like these sweet, wonderful people. I, I believe they are both sweet people. Just great. So anyway, watch Barry; it's amazing, and you will not be disappointed. Uh, okay, did we talk about? I can't remember because I watched Sisu after we recorded last. Yes. but I can't remember if. I still haven't watched it all the way. I've only watched the first 20 minutes. Sisu's a blast. Uh, watch Repo Man again because just because yes. one of the best of all time. You just kind of have to. I used to watch that a lot, you know, back in the hippie days. It was really yeah. good. <laughs> That's right. And uh, John Wick 4, <laughs> Chapter yeah. 4. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, right? very much. Julie, did okay. you watch it? I haven't seen it yet. Julie, oh, have you seen the first three? I'm assuming yes. Um, duh. I actually saw all three in the theater. No, maybe that's a lie, because one came out during the pandemic. So, yeah, so I think I think we've all... Well, Mike, you and I have both seen John Wick 4, and it's it's yeah. another one of these three-hour movies, but it's a fucking blast with some Boy, does it not standout feel like moments. It, oh, it does not no. feel like three hours. And it, it's what's crazy is it probably should, because it, to be fair, a lot of it is just protracted, really super long action scenes. It should get old. It should wear on you a little bit, but it doesn't. Well, and there's also like very uh, dramatic uh, conversation moments with, between people where they are um, they are posing and sort of uh, being very dramatic and very arch. And it's but it works. It all works. It totally works. And the works. cinematography it's... is maybe some of the most beautiful I've seen in years. I mean, it's just great to look at. Oh, cool! I've never seen blunt head trauma filmed more beautifully. <laughs> 
Julie, Julie, do you know what dragon breath uh, ammo is? Um, no, but I was in the mall one time and I had these dragon breath balls. Yeah. And it was these like balls that you put in your mouth and they made everything smoke. That sounds are you very just, like, cool. Are you just doing lines from the movies we watch for this episode? <laughs> Uh, no, I was just being so. Really I had these genuine. smoking balls in my mouth. <laughs> so, uh, dragon breath ammunition is a is a type of ammunition that is incendiary. So, like in the movie, there is a moment where Keanu Reeves' his character John Wick gets a shotgun that is loaded with dragon breath rounds, and okay. it looks like he's firing uh, like a sort of shotgun slash flamethrower thing and dudes are catching on fire it's going through walls really and it goes on and on and it never ever even for a moment gets old it is insane i was like Uh, is that a real thing and i had to look it up that's why i know about it and i'm actually playing a video game now called system shock and in it there's a shotgun and you can get dragon breath rounds and it's so much fun so anyway it's yeah, uh, um, John Wick Four. Okay, incredible. I was gonna go to the comic book store and get a comic after this, but now I'm just gonna stay home and watch John Wick well, Four. You have sold me. You really like it. Um, let me know what you think when you watch it. Just okay. thanks, man. All right, so I've just got a few more, so let me burn through them. Okay. Uh, watched yeah. uh, Night of the Hunter from 1955, the only film that Charles Lawton ever directed, mm-hmm. and it is pretty much a masterpiece. Yeah, it's perfect. And the children in it give incredible performances. Fucking, it's Robert still Mitchell. shocking too. It's still shocking, and it's more shocking than I remembered because there is dialogue. There are people, peripheral characters having conversations that I don't think I picked up on the a long time ago when I watched. It, it. deals frankly with the murder of children. It well, very... it deals frankly with that, but it also deals frankly, and this is 1955. Right, it deals frankly with like marital like sexual politics and marriage and it's it's kind of it's really kind of incredible he is one of the most terrifying villains ever committed to celluloid i mean he is and it is like (laughs) so frightening trippy surreal nightmare fairy tale that image of the car underwater with the person in it it haunts me to this day that is (laughs) fucking to my core yeah i saw this when i was about eight I can't even imagine how fucked at, up. That's a, that explains at, a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but it was like it like when that's when the TV first started staying on all night and they didn't sign off. Oh, so okay, yeah, yeah. It was they on filler, right? And they ran it, and I watched it. I stayed up late by myself and watched it, and was terrified. Yeah. Uh, so watched that then because we were on a tear with Robert Mitchum. We watched the movie Friends of Eddie Coyle, mm-hmm. which, which we've is done on just, the podcast, I believe. Uh, I don't know if we, I think we may have, I but think it's. We did. Incredible, just a great movie, uh, crime thriller from the early seventies. Mm-hmm. Richard Jordan mm-hmm. and Peter Boyle. Yeah, we did, we did it on the podcast. It's great. Uh, we watched the Hen and Lauder Brain Damage, mm-hmm. which was sort of always my favorite Hen and Lauder. Elmer, and right? Elmer, yeah. yeah. And uh, it really did not disappoint revisiting. Watch Ken Russell's nineteen eighty eight Lair of the White Worm. Wow! And oh. man, was it. Even more fun than I remembered. It's so broad and yeah, I never, I've never liked it. Uh, Hugh Grant's in that, right? Hugh Grant is so good, and the dude, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the wild. Doctor Who, who I would not have known who that was when I watched it previously. Oh no, no, no idea who it yeah. was. But it's a blast. Man, uh, he's so good in uh, Suicide Squad. Watched the Incredible Two Headed Transplant. Oh Bruce fuck. Dern. With, Which is with uh, 
the the actual movie. Yes, but we watched that one, not the thing with two heads, which is Rosie Greer and Ray Milland. Okay, what's this one? This is just like uh, uh, Bruce Dern is the uh, Bruce Dern's uh, the Mad Doctor, and he's doing all the stuff, and it's really not great. Let's <laughs> okay. let's. I want to I want to hear more about this incredible two head transplant because right, I immediately dude, I, I immediately thought of the Ray Milland Rosie Greer thing. Right. So well, interesting fact. Same writer. So uh, this guy had a penchant for, for two heads, right? Okay. Bicranial people. So I, I, I may not even. I, th- I swear, I thought I knew that movie. Let me look it up. Amazing. It's really it. It's not great, but uh, and I can't remember who directed it. What? What is it called? The thing with two, oh. the incredible two-headed transplant. I'm sorry. Oh, incredible two-headed. Yeah, this I did this as a as a as a Christmas card one year where I put Parker and Spyro's head on the same body. <laughs> okay. And I took this poster and I did a version of it. Yeah, this is very familiar to me, the image, but I've never seen the movie. I didn't know Pat, Bruce Stern was in it. Yeah. He's full dirt. He's like at his dirtiest. Casey Kasem? <laughs> Holy fuck, man. That's the best part of the movie is Casey Kasem. Yeah. He's like cool. Bruce Dern's best friend. All right. You're, where did you watch it? Uh, oh, it's on, have, it's on Tubi. Well, we saw it on uh, Blu-ray. On 4K Blu-ray that this thing doesn't deserve. UHD, <laughs> ultra high def. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen scenes from this, but I've never seen it. I've seen the one with Rosie Greer, so... That's a much more entertaining movie yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, it's and, saying uh, something too because it's the got the female, racist and stuff. So, right, right. The female lead in this is uh, Pat Priest mm-hmm. from uh, the Monsters. Who did? Who was she on the Monsters? Marilyn. Oh, okay. Cool. And the crazy thing is, like the body, the main body that gets the second mm-hmm. head is like a giant, yeah, special needs guy. Who is John Bloom, who played Frankenstein in the Al Adamson Frankenstein versus Dracula. Really? And he plays in the Hills Have Eyes Part Two. He's part of the family. Oh, okay, cool. The mm. the tribe. He's like Pluto or So he's been in a ton of shit. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. I mean a ton of shit. And so he's and then they transplant the head of this psychotic murderer onto this giant Lenny from uh Mice and Men guy yeah so it's crazy that's funny all right i gotta check that out all right uh then that's that's pretty much it then die mommy die high water mark on every level mm-hmm. and psycho beach party cool and yes julie, i could have watched amy adams there like trying to cover her hiney for another hour <laughs> julie would you like to go next or would you like me to um yeah you go next okay well, one thing that I will start with, Julie, that after we recorded the last time, you and I watched the movie Renfield with <laughs> Nicolas Cage. And um, I wouldn't so much say we watched it as it happened in the room while I sat there and tried to come to grips with the uh, substances you gave me to put into my body. Because um, we were high as balls. High as balls. I really don't, I don't, I, I 100% didn't understand the movie and didn't follow it. And I can't, I can't really say I watched it. Um, I, but I was talking to a friend who watched it who said, oh, I thought it was pretty good. 
So, you know, it kind of makes me kind of semi-curious to rewatch it, but I doubt I ever will. <laughs> Man, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, it was like gel lighting to the extreme with like lots of like very large jewelry. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it had a lot of like 80s Coke vibe, it, <laughs> like vibes to it. And, and I was like, right. my brain was clearly not right, but I still had trouble couldn't like following the story so I, I i don't know if it's a well-told story or not because uh, i'm but also it was very cartoony it was really broad you're right um yeah. i watched that i watched john wick four i watched this really great documentary um called kubrick by kubrick where it was an assemblage of uh audio of kubrick being interviewed over over a period of time um sort of played behind footage of different things scenes from his movies um, and different people talking about his movies over the years. It was really, really good. Watched a documentary called The Queen of the Deuce about uh, this uh, Jewish grandmother who um, escaped sort of uh, Europe and came to America and became a, uh adult theater uh, uh, sort of... Entrepreneur. Yeah, entrepreneur in New York City. It's just a, a really interesting story. Yeah, that Watched sounds the, fascinating. I, I have on here the Sarah Silverman's new comedy oh. special called Someone You Love that I thought was really good. It was awesome. And last time we recorded, we talked about the documentary King Cohen, which is about Larry Cohen. Holy fuck. And I was like, yeah, that's a great documentary. And then I thought, did I watch that? And I didn't. So I I have watched it now. Um, King Cohen, yes. The Wild World of Filmmaker Larry Cohen. And it's on Tubi, and it is absolutely a must-see if you like genre films. This guy is one of the greatest and, like, clearly just an absolutely great guy. I forgot to add that one to my diary, but... And because I watched that, I rewatched the movie Q from Larry Cohen that had a sort of... Had a lesser spot in my mind, Um, and now that I've watched it, I have moved it way up the stack because it is fucking great. Um, Really like Q. Um... I watched the new movie from Charlie Day called Fool's Paradise, and I cannot recommend it. It's absolutely terrible. Um, and on that note, the new film from um, Robert Rodriguez, Hypnotic, please avoid. Um, absolute piece of shit. That's a bummer. <laughs> it looked interesting. But uh, one of the podcasts I like to listen to is How Did This Get Played, um, or now Get Played, um, where they talk about video games, but as sort of offsets, they'll do um, shows about anime and anime, anime movies. Uh, and so as a sort of double up on all their themes of anime, anime movies, and video games, they did Street Fighter II, the animated movie, which is an anime and they were raving about it. And so it's online. I think it's on Tubi. No, it's on Prime. Watched it. Holy shit. What a fun out there crazy movie so watch that watch the new movie from from um the writer of taxi driver um schrader and paul schrader and it's called master gardener um and it was really interesting but really i don't want to say plotting um it was very deliberate it had a very specific sort of tone um um but it was interesting um uncle owen was the lead lead actor in that uh, Fast X, and then last weekend I did a thing. I watched back to back Venom and Venom. Let there be carnage. The two um, sort of Spider Man offshoots, starring Tom Hardy. And um, the first one, the Venom, is fucking fun. I thought, and the second one was interesting um, and sets up a 
Venom appearance in the MCU. So they're going to, at the end, we get to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man in a Sony-produced Venom film. So there's going to be a crossover in the next movie. So that's interesting. Um, I watched the 2000, uh, 2020 uh, version of The Stand on Paramount+. Plus. It's like a nine-part miniseries um, based on the Stephen King novel. I thought it was really good. People hate it uh, largely, but I thought it was pretty good. And to finish up, um, I mean, besides Die, Mommy, Die and um, Psycho Beach Party, I watched the new Ari Aster movie, Bo is Afraid. Um, Ari Aster, who made Hereditary and um, Midsommar and was part of the team that made The Witch. So Bo was Afraid, I watched this. Three, uh, two, two and a half, three hours. And I have never in my life seen anything like it. It, it was sort of like a big budget liquid sky level what the fuck type movie oh, it just okay. absolutely crazy um i don't really know how i feel about it I'm, is it emotional torture porn i would not use those terms it is emotionally heavy but it is also incredibly funny and it's so weird okay. that like a, a lot of the stuff that would be squirmier isn't so if okay. you like his films, I mean, and this is definitely a 100% Ari Aster movie. It's it's there, and and it is it isn't a simple like this movie's good or this movie's not good. This is there's a lot happening here. So uh, I hesitate to say much more beyond that. But anyway, I, I watched it, and I'm I might watch it again. And Julie, <laughs> if you're curious, it's also in the shared folder. Okay, cool. So just okay. go for it. So, Julie, what have you watched? Ooh, okay. Um, well, you guys talked about Evil Dead Rise. And, Did you watch? Um, yeah, I watched it. My, um, Mike still hasn't seen it. Oh, okay. I thought, sorry. just Well, no, he's, he's, right. he's had the opportunity, but he's refused to accept yeah. it. He's, he's, well, it's I, like, I was warned off of it like it had the, like an infection on it. The word I heard from you was, I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, I'm so, not dead. <laughs> it's, you have time. You got plenty of it time. Has been, it's it has not been something I'd like race to go watch. But um all right, somebody got scalped by a ponytail and that was wild Just and amazing. Suddenly. Like and you're like, okay. Um Did you like so it? So that was cool. I mean I liked that. I liked uh certain parts of the movie. I liked the people point of view scenes. Um, to me, it was very like aliens, like with like you know um, Newt mm-hmm. and uh, Ripley. Yeah, a lot of children in peril. Yeah, it, but okay. So one thing though, uh, that child, and don't get me wrong, that child was like very like a pretty kid, right? Mm-hmm. But there was like some kind of weird ass CGI filter or something on her face. I don't know. The whole time I was like, is this the movie Megan? Like, is she oh. like a fake? cgi yeah. like ch- child yeah. like is this thing real but she was um <laughs> but yeah it, there was like a scene at the bot like at the end where um where uh the leading chick looked just like when she got all bloody and then she had a shotgun she looked just like bruce campbell yeah. and that made me happy yeah you know but accident, it, like in the sure. parking deck yeah yeah that was very like on purpose yeah the parking deck all that it. shit in the parking I, deck was nuts the the parking deck was amazing. Um, there was some good scenes in the movie. I'm glad I watched it. Is it great? No. Having seen Evil Dead, right? 
because you oh, did watch that. I've still never seen the first. No. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> to me, that's such the a thing. Disappointment. I love no, that no, I, I th- didn't admit that to you guys forever until recently. Like, <laughs> so it was the second one that you saw at the theater. I saw the second one in the theater, and then I've okay. seen Army of Darkness a million times. Right. Intruder. I remembered that there was some sort of recent Evil Dead moment for you. I, for some reason, yeah. I thought it was the first one. I'd forgotten it was the second one. Yeah. I just, I just didn't like Evil Dead Rise. I thought it was not good, but that, yeah. Yeah. So what else? Um, okay, the hole in the ground. It's on Shutter. It's from 2023. It's okay. an Irish movie. Um, there's the grandpa from Braveheart in it, and he looks like the exact same as he did 30 years ago, which is hysterical. That's, uh, that's the main thing that I remember from that movie. But yeah, it's it's like a creepy ass kid that's kind of like the pit. Um, yeah. Oh, I like the pit. <laughs> yeah, and and it's oh, uh, it's by the same director as Evil Dead. Yeah, Lee Cronin. So, I mean, it's it's cool. It's a good movie. It's if you know, like I I think everyone should check it out if you have Shutter. It says it's on HBO Max. Or I'm so sorry, uh, it's on HBO Max. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, from 2019. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, also, a f- first watch for me, I saw Fear No Evil from 1981. I know that, that movie. Yeah, that's, that's familiar, but I don't. We've know watched seen it, Marty. It's the where the dude is. He's in high school, and there's like all this stuff, and he winds up being like the Antichrist. Yeah, it's like one of those like fucking weird kids that's yeah. like you he's know gets a, bullied. His name's like Angus or something like that, or Angram, right? Yeah, the he's actor. totally Lucifer. Yes, it's Frank Lelogia, maybe right. is the yeah, director. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, who's a who's a gay filmmaker who mm-hmm. um the movie was all about his struggles as a as a gay um child growing yes. up and yeah. trying to hide all that stuff. And it's very oh. like heavily Catholic. Mm-hmm. Catholic oh. healthy. It's saying a lot. Yeah, we we love that. There, yeah. Oh god, there's this like rotoscoping like fucking light scene that's just insane yes. and amazing. Yes. Like it was it was like a disco yep. death. It was Awesome. That whole thing um, at the castle is great. Yeah, where the yeah. dude comes up on the boat. <clears throat> Julie, there's there yes. are documentaries about the making yes. of the movie where they really get into all of the stuff and that location and everything, and oh, it's cool. all interesting. If you want to, if you, if you want to know more about it, it's it, the backstory okay. is fascinating. Oh, there's also a awesome. there's a great oh, cool. uh, a movie that he made, Frank Lelogia made, called The Woman in White. That is. Uh, ghost story set in the 60s I think or late 50s or early 60s mm-hmm. with the kid from Witness his name is Lucas oh, yeah. Haas yes oh, and yeah. he's in you, it you mean, the, you mean the guy from Brick yes yeah 100% yes cool. and uh, but it's that's a really good movie too and it's like this beautiful like it's got this incredible sense of time and place it feels like something from that era yeah, I, re- I remember that movie very fondly yeah I like both of those movies a lot and cool. again perfectly like a, a perfect addition to the Pride Month conversation mm-hmm. absolutely no, it's one of the oddest locker room scenes of all time yes <laughs> our, our shower scenes <laughs> the, uh, the guys I, from the surf gang in uh, Psycho Beach Party would have loved that yeah. <laughs> <Pro-lone>. yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I that makes me really really happy there's a lot of backstory because I would love to know more about that movie it was yeah, it's really interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah it was a real cool. labor of love oh, very cool um Okay, uh, scream and scream again. Uh, that was a first watch for me. I it's about like a 
I think it's like 73. Is it Vincent Um, Price? Yeah, it's Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing. Yes, yes. And I watched it. um, I grabbed a cheap copy on eBay of it. And it's just about a serial killer who, like, drains the blood of his victims. And But I, I got it because I was like, oh, the you know, these three, like, icons of horror, um, they've only been in this movie. And also The House of the Long Shadows, right. which mm-hmm. we watched. So uh, the other day it was, like, their birthdays. And I realized, oh, yeah, those guys all have a birthday. I think um, Vincent Price and Christopher Lee have the same day. And then really pushing the day after before, which is just so interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I've never seen that. I'm aware of it, but I've never. never yeah, it was, it. I mean, it was cheesy. I, I liked it. Um, it's from that same era of Vincent Price when it was Dr. Fibes and Theater mm-hmm. of Blood. and. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, it was 73 or something. I mean, the, yeah. the number. Yeah. Okay. The number one thing that I took away from it was I was like. Whoa! Get a load of these fucking like young ass motherfuckers. <laughs> like, look at like how young they look. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Ghoulies Four also saw that. <laughs> it was so cheesy. Um. I don't know if I'd ever seen it. Maybe I did, but I like stopped watching it halfway through or something because it's. I mean, it's not great, but I really did enjoy it. Um. One thing. Oh, I noticed that. There's a bar that opened behind my apartment, and now they can see through my window of like what movies I'm watching. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's like dangerous, but also awesome. <laughs> They're going to be seeing some weird shit going on there. <laughs> so like if you ever look over there and there's like people at the window with binoculars like, and popcorn. Damn. I'm going to be like, they're going to just judge how many times I watch like Tango and Cash. <laughs> and oh, they will point judge. Break. Yeah. <laughs> They'll probably like start taking like tallies of like, yeah. <laughs> Um, and speaking of movies I've watched well over a hundred times Bloodsport got to see that at the Alamo on a weird Wednesday uh, movie that they did and seeing that in the theater was a dream come true had had you ever seen it in the theater? no no because it came out in 88 and um, that was just I I mean I rented that movie yeah I rented that movie so much yeah um like i rented the hell out of that movie die hard there's a couple classics that the guy at the video store would make fun of me and he'd be like all right let me introduce you to some new fucking tapes here ma'am that, like, that's the one with the kumite chant right yeah kumite yeah. kumite okay. yeah polo young yeah. They, some they, of those like, run together for me that's the one where he drops down does the split and punches him in the nuts yeah well i mean to be honest though like um sorry i got a lot of trains today um uh almost every single jean-claude van damme movie has a dick hit of like some kind of like great why have a dick if you're not gonna hit it never heard it called that before (laughs) but he does he really like that's the genre it's the dick hit genre (laughs) yeah but you know um he gets to Lots of, like, great fighting scenes. Uh, the ones that, like, really do blend together, of course, like, are uh, Bloodsport and then Kicks Boxer, which came out a year later. Yeah. But that has, like, the bad guy who's, like, taller and has a really fantastic ponytail that whips around. And the outfits that they wear are, like, a little, like, less. Um, yeah, I, so. I'm sure I've seen both. Uh, and that's why I have to ask, is that the one with the Kumite chant? Because 
Yeah. The reason that stands out to me is because um, on How Did This Get Made, that's part of their intro song, is that chant. So. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, it was super fun to see that in the theater. Um, cool. Yeah, so. Yeah, this year I've been over the moon about the amount of movies that I've been able to see for a first watch in the theater. That's pretty With cool. a decent crowd, too, probably yeah. of fans. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like kind of perfect, but it's also, I got to like trek to get out there, but it's, they always are at like 930 at night, so I can make it after work. I, th- I think the only time I've done that, like gone and seen a movie at the theater that was sort of legendary to me was when they re-released Blood Simple, and I got to see that in the theater, um, which I'd never seen in the theater, and that was Such really cool. a great cool. movie. Um, but um, yeah, I don't really yeah, do I that mean, that much. This year, like, I, I mean, I've seen like Friday the 13th Part 6, mm-hmm. which is one of my faves, um, The Blob, and Bloodsport, and People Under the Stairs, like, I'm in some of your, heaven. Those are some heavy hitters. Yeah. So you got any more? I'm done. Okay. I'm sure there's there's stuff that I've like watched I just can't remember. She just okay. dropped her mic. <laughs> I am Audi. Um, <laughs> well, this was fun. I, I'm glad we uh, remembered that it was Pride Month and that we celebrated it. This was this was fun. Man, d- d- one more time, die, mommy, die. Watch it. Yeah, it's just so good. Go find it's on it Tubi, y'all. It. Just because we we'll watch it. Oh no, it's on YouTube. It's go on YouTube. It. God, it's good. Um, and uh, next show, we'll be back to our normally, regularly scheduled program. Our normal so, filthy business. And Mike has now had a month, and probably we'll have a month and a half to pick things. So we'll see what he comes up with. Do you think you're settled on it? I don't know. I've, I've, I've vacillated now that I had too. It's like a, an embarrassment <laughs> of riches. I've had too much time to think of other things. Yeah. It's, I'll you be need ready. more. You need more control in your life, but I need. Yeah, that's what too, I need. You're too I need a form. deadline. Is what I need. I need somebody. Like I have to yeah. complete a task by a certain point. It's like tomorrow's the big exam. You got to start studying for it. That's how I did it my entire academic career. So. Man, man. Well, you got to. It's never too I late just, to teach yourself an old stuff. a new trick. Um, I am well. An old dog. <clears throat> We appreciate everyone who's listening. Um, we uh, this this is this is fun for us. We hope it's fun for you. We'd love to hear from you, so send us an email uh, to flickersfrom at yahoo.com or flickersfrom at gmail.com. You can come on over to Facebook and talk to us on Instagram, Slasher, Letterboxd, um, YouTube. Follow us. Rate us on Apple, on Spotify, if we're not in a place. On Stitcher. Yes, yeah, Stitcher, Castbox, I don't Google Podcasts. You can rate so us many. everywhere. Throw us some love. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, the home of our Lord and uh, King, Mr. Elon Musk, um, where we are at Cave Walls. So, yeah, this was really fun, y'all. Um, I, 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 I wish there was more Charles Bush films to watch. Me too. Yes. Charles Me Bush, too. we salute you. Originally, Mike, when I uh, was thinking about doing this, I thought Charles Bush was the person that played the um, killer in Freebie and the Bean. You remember that? The character at the end who's dressed up as a woman and is yeah. that goes into the ladies' room. They have this big fight. 
Yeah. But that's an entirely different actor who also, uh, Morley is his name. Charles Morley, Morley man. Christopher Morley. That's his name. But he uh, was, he famously played a lot of characters like that um, also. But um, one of the reasons we picked this was because a lot of times trans characters, gay characters, end up being the weird psychopath. Because there was yeah. that movie we were going to do where it's like a mad bomber slash rapist who's trans and we were like oh that'd be good that'd be a good heavy duty we were like well I don't want to do one where it vilifies the people we're trying to support so one of the reasons we picked these two movies was because it's just an absolute delight and fun and full of uh, smiles because that's how we look at this we don't want it to be um, some sort of uh, blackballing if you know what I'm saying or how would how would uh, Charles Bush say that Mike we don't, we don't want, want to, to do be. some blackballing. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to think of a way to wrap it up. Oh, um, go out there and support LGBTQ plus rights. Fuck fascism and be excellent to each other. Absolutely, perfect. You know, I skipped out on my old man's funeral. Ghastly, primitive ritual. I don't like sad things. We've met before, you know. Long time ago. At the Hacienda Club. Your father brought you around. I remember you in the locker room. A scrawny waif with no pubic hair. I remember you too. You didn't wear a towel. No need to be shy around other men. You still collect photos of Donald O'Connor? Yeah. Wonderful woman, your mother. I understand she was very kind to her sister, your Aunt Barbara. Why not? They were close. Were they? How much do you remember? Why do you want to know? Just nosy, I guess. It's a terrible habit. I find people so fascinating. You intrigue me very much. Why? Because you dare to be yourself. Honesty. It's a big turn-on for me. A real big turn-on. <laughs> Not until you answer my questions. Tell me about your mother and Aunt Barbara. You can't bully me. My family is very private. Perhaps I'll talk to your mother another time. Buster, if you want any singing out of me, you better haul out that broadwurst and spread some mustard on it. Deal's a deal. Deal's a deal.